If you enjoy listening to inspirational stories from people just like us, facing the fear and doing it anyway, then you're in the right place. My name is Claire Hill and this is the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of No Rest for the Vivid. (laughs) Oh God. Um, I've got a really fantastic episode for you this week from Stephanie White, who runs By The Way Creative, which is a copy agency. Um, If you don't know what copy is, like I didn't know six months ago, then this is an episode for you. And it is really good for any businesses, whether you're product or service based, as well as the fact that we also talk about um, how your own luxury is not going to be the same as somebody else's so that was a bit of a quite a profound moment then Uh, but yeah it's really good episode this Friday I am opening up the Vivid Club membership so if you are a small business come and have a look I'm very excited you get access to all of the training that is already on there today I delivered um, a workshop on increasing your prices I gave a bit of tough love, but, you know, we're not here to mess about. We're here to grow our businesses. So I was really, really excited um, about doing that one today. And we have, so we have weekly training. We have the content champions once a month, which is really fun. Um, And obviously creating content. We talk about content and captions in this podcast. So that's really, it's a really valuable um, episode this week. And we also do group coaching and, oh God, there's, it's just a wonderful community. So if you're getting involved, let us know. It'd be lovely to have you in the Vivi Club. It'd be fantastic. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. And Stephanie has asked in particular for you to send her a message to let her know if you enjoyed it or not. There's some real amazing tips in this podcast and I'm well, I have to listen to them all again anyway. But when I listen to it again, I'm uh, going to take some notes. It was sensational. I hope you have an amazing week. Enjoy listening. Hello, Stephanie. Welcome. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm really good. How are you? Very excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on today. I can't wait for the conversations that we're going to have. Yeah, I'm very excited too. So I met you through the mastermind that I was on with Social Cactus and you helped me with some of my copy and I thought you were hilarious. So I was like, let's get on the podcast because before I did the mastermind, I had no idea what copy was and you are a copy expert. And when people kept going, oh, what about your copy? What about your copy? So Sally, that was in the mastermind, kept saying about copy. And I was like, what the hell is copy? I had no idea because I come from like business side. But now I understand what it is through your help as well. But for those people who don't have a clue like me, who might be listening to the podcast, what do you do? Well, what's your name? What's, what do you do? And where do you come from? Love it. So hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm so excited for today. So my name is Stephanie. I am the CEO and founder of a copywriting agency called By The Way Creative. So essentially, we help female entrepreneurs to write incredible copy that converts and connects with their audience. If 
copy is new to you and you don't know what it is it's basically anything written that is on your website your instagram captions the tagline you use to promote your business any of the words you essentially use to convert or connect with people and i hail from the shire which i'm sure anyone that lives in any of the shires calls it the shire so hampshire is where i'm currently (laughs) coming to you from today very nice part of the world down south with me very good very good um so how did you get into this what's your the love story behind your business I like telling this story because I feel like it resonates with a lot of people where I literally had no idea what I was going to do um so I started it all started at school I was only really good at one thing which I think is the, the same for a lot of people I was really good at English Um, And although I was academic, I couldn't do maths, couldn't do science, really struggled with all of those things. So it ended up kind of being fast tracked through my GCSEs, through my English A-levels. And then I went on to do a degree in English as well. But none of that really helped me to figure out what I actually wanted to do with my life. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I thought I was going to be a journalist. Um, I forayed for a little bit thinking that I was going to be a teacher but I never really found anything that fit me and my personality, despite work experience as a fashion dresser at Fashion Week, uh, <laughs> teaching SATs I did for a while. I worked for like three or four newspapers. But by the time I graduated, I was literally more confused than, than ever. So I ended up taking a marketing job for a military company, military tech company. Um, and that's kind of when I realized that I was close to the right thing but not quite the whole way there yet. So I loved the marketing side of things, but I hated the working hours. I would 7.30 till 5.30 every day, really male environment, absolutely hated it. My partner, who is now my husband, at the time said to me, if you could do anything in the world, because you're clearly not happy, what would you do if you could do anything in the world? And in Mm -hmm. truth, the answer was, I'd write. That's what I do. Um, I'd had my blog for about seven years by that point. So truly realized that I'd got super close to what I wanted to do, but in reality, I was moving away from it by being in corporate. So I went out on my own and that was five years ago when I decided to set up my freelance writing business. Oh, wow. Amazing. So what was your blog about at the time? Mostly lifestyle stuff. So I've always been like really outdoorsy, quite active and I'm massively, I wouldn't call myself a foodie, but I'm massively into like organic food. I'm a vegetarian. So I, it wasn't a Fitzbo, Fitzbo blog in what we know Fitzbo to me now, but it was like a health and lifestyle blog. Oh, I've only just got what you meant by Fitzbo, fit, being fit and the inspo of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I swear Fitzbo. some people talk, I don't know whether I'm just too old now, like loads of people use <laughs> abbreviations and I have no idea what they're talking about just nod and smile smile and wave smile and wave yeah Yeah. oh that's great um so you had your blog really enjoyed doing that how the hell did you start up a freelance writing business like where did it even come from because I think if you're if you're good at English I suppose you you're maybe open to those kinds of ways that you can write but like I said before we started recording I love writing but all in my head that I would do is write a book like even though Mm. I really enjoy writing captions but again like I said I didn't even know what copy was so how did you start the journey of the business so luckily, because of my husband running his own business, he knew quite a lot of other entrepreneurs. So I put a couple of posts out saying, this is what I'm looking to do, like blog writing, et cetera, for other business owners. And through him, one of his um, school friends was a wedding photographer. 
Um, he'd become really successful, but was really struggling to keep up with the social media and the blogging side of it. So I guess when you say about writing a book and copywriting, like how does that kind of play into each other is writing for a wedding business allowed me to be super creative because obviously I was writing very romantic stories. Um, Granted, they were real people's stories. Um, But it was just awesome, like going through their questionnaires. That was my first real understanding of like tone of voice, reading these couples questionnaires. There's like a couple that stick in my mind. There was one one couple. I think she was a bomb disposal diver. And yeah, she wrote her vows in this special notebook that they have, which is completely waterproof. So you can write underwater and she wrote her vows in this book. And I became so obsessed with telling these couples stories in blog posts and in Instagram captions. And there was, as time went on, strategy behind that as well, because obviously he was trying to convert people into booking him as their wedding photographer. Um, That's that's how it started. And from there, it was referral really for the first year um, with various different businesses that really prioritize storytelling. Oh, love it. That's how I like, again, I've just, I didn't even know that that job existed. I didn't even know you could write underwater. Love it. Love it. Love <laughs> learning. This. So I started this podcast just to learn random things. Like, all these guess what, uh, yeah, yeah, all of this stuff. I just tell my husband. So he'd be like, what have you done today? Found out that you can write underwater. <laughs> I didn't even know. Apart from everything else. So you started like. Obviously, I met you through Social Cactus and doing um, helping us with our copy and, um, like, again, learning what copy is. But how did you then niche down? Because now your business is very much, um, I suppose it's not as in you, you create copy for a lot of people now, but how mm-hmm. do you then go from, you know, that wedding blog kind of side of it to, branching out was it just sort of like an organic growth and just started picking up different kinds of clients uh it was it was truly trial and error if I'm really honest so I worked with loads of different businesses to start off with there was the wedding photographer initially then a big travel brand that was really based around backpackers so again lots of storytelling and and quite funny um Then because my husband works in construction I ended up doing a lot of copy for construction businesses and realized really quickly that there ain't that many stories you can tell about bricks. <laughs> so I didn't really love that. No, I can imagine. Um, yeah. And then just through like my website and through Instagram and stuff, I started attracting more women just because I'm female. My branding's quite female. Um, so I started attracting more women and I worked with the first lady ran a PR company. And once I started working with her and saw this real like purpose-led passion that comes behind female businesses, particularly service, service provision and coaching, that was when I was like, right, okay, I love this so much. This is who I want to work for because I'm really fucking good at writing copy for them. And I really, really like them as human beings. So that's mm. when the niching started to happen and my actual marketing efforts for myself pivoted towards them. And now that is essentially the only type of person that inquires because I've purposefully positioned us in that kind of way. Mm, I love that because when you were, when I've watched you supporting through copywriting and, and rewording, it is about showing the magic that is you 
and your brand through writing, isn't it? And different words that you use. So for me, I've got the Vivid Club and it's all about warrior energy. And I actually was thinking about when I was designing like um, the different features in my membership, I was thinking, well, I've got to have warrior workshops, which are are mini training. And I have my hero hours, which is my group coaching. Then I have my content champions. And I was thinking, Stephanie would really like this because I've got my like little, I've forgotten even what the word means because yours is motif. Motif, that's it. So my motif is all about being a warrior and being strong, warrior spirit and stuff like that. But yours, I love yours because when (laughs) I was stalking your website today, it's all about coffee. And it is literally like wake up and smell the coffee and everything is coffee instead of coffee. No, coffee instead of coffee. And I just think that's so clever. And but does that kind of naturally come to you, that that skill of just transforming the the magic essence of, of, you know, somebody's brand? Yeah, definitely. I think that it's it's that skill that you pick up massively from like doing all of the English qualifications I'd done before I even started studying marketing and getting all of those those qualifications. When you study English, you consume massive amounts of information. So books, characters, storylines, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously you have to regurgitate it in the form of an argument being an essay. So you have to really quickly get the essence of something in order to then talk about it in a strategic way so it's exactly the same with copywriting for humans I spend a lot of time getting to know my clients before I start working with them because I have to really capture who they are and we don't even realize I start I'm studying NLP for this reason we don't even realize how much stuff we say that gives away huge things about how our brains work about our personalities the verbs we use the way we communicate our emotions all that stuff I'm just pulling out of people, listening to them, the, the things they don't even know they're saying. And then when I repeat it back in the form of a motif or a tagline or something, they can't believe how much it resonates, but it all came from them in the first place, which is the, the beautiful thing about it. They don't realise it was all within, within them already. I just pulled it out. Wow. So you're, you're learning about NLP so that when someone speaks to you, you can learn more quickly about how they're saying it. And then you're just pulling it all and then, Tell, just rewriting it and they go oh my god this is amazing but it came from them anyway but you can't yeah that is so amazing it's like a magic mirror that you're providing because when you're that person selling and I was just thinking about you know my sales pages and it's you don't see it from that point of view in a way of like capturing the magic because that's the other thing is we're such a we're such victims of lacking in our own self-worth and our confidence in what we're trying to sell I've literally just finished a training in the Vivi Club about increasing prices and trying to help people gain the confidence to increase their prices but they always see themselves as that person on the other side of it instead of actually and thinking that they're that person but you have to flip it all don't you and be like Mm. well I'm not selling to myself I'm not selling to myself because I wouldn't that's not my ideal customer I'm selling to people that or ideal client I'm selling to people that haven't got what I can offer them and what you're doing is showing them that it's already there it's like it's amazing Oh, thank you. I, I love it. And and flipping, I like what you said about like flipping the perspective. I think that's really how it is, especially when you're selling. What would you need to hear in order to feel secure and safe in an investment? What would you need somebody to say to you? And if you know your ideal client well enough, the likelihood is they are not that dissimilar from you. What is it that you need to know in order to purchase from somebody? 
and then make sure you're filtering that through like how do you make them feel held is it that they want to talk about the emotional support is it that they want to feel that they've been heard is it that they want somebody to relieve the stress in terms of the operational side of things the organizational side what is it that they really need to hear from you and then how can you put that into words that um, they can understand and that really really resonates for them not coming from a place of I have to prove I'm really good I have to prove that I'm worthy of them paying this much I have to show all these things but more think how can I make them feel as safe and as heard and as understood as possible if you flip the script in the way that you write you'll have so much more success but you'll also feel so much more confident in the way that you're selling because it's not like a chest puff contest it's how yeah. can I make this person feel so safe in my presence Oh, I love that. It's so romantic. I do. I feel quite excited. Like when I said to you about talking, because talking about writing, I just love it. So I just put in words together. And I think that's why I love the creative side of my business, because I actually make words into art, which is just really, really cool. So with people listening now, if they're just throwing them, maybe they haven't even got their own website for, for example, I know you deal with a lot of client um, service-based businesses and that's your main gig, but product-based businesses often listen to this podcast because of my background in Vivid Wire. And, but copy is relevant to them in every aspect of their business because there's Etsy listings if they're on Etsy, their sales pages for their website, but everybody feels so held back sometimes by social media and worrying mm. about how they're perceived on there have you got any like quick tips for captions of it doesn't have to be product based just for product based businesses but it's about being showing that copy learning copy and how to do it properly is relevant for like all businesses isn't it yeah absolutely it's relevant for everybody um the thing whether you're product based or service based that i often notice people don't do is they don't talk a lot about like the process. So whether that's the process of creating a product, whether that's the process of coming up with the initial idea, whether that's the process of developing your services for who it is that you're, you're working with, people often skip talking about the process and all they wanna do is talk about what's included. So what are the features of the product? What are the features of the service? And they don't talk about how it got to being the way that it is. If you can show someone the thought process behind what you've created, whether that's a product, whether that's a service, and you can show them that they were a consideration in the entire process, instantly they feel understood and that they couldn't live without this product or service because it was literally created for them. So when you're doing your R&D, if, if you're a product-based business, or when you're doing your kind of strategizing for your services, make sure you're keeping notes of that somewhere why have you chosen to make this service a retainer? Why have you chosen to make this product hypoallergenic or the size it is? Why did you do any of those things? Constantly come back and ask yourself. I, I, I call it so the fuck what? <laughs> Brilliant. So every, every time you write something about your product or service, so fucking what? And, <laughs> and why? Why is it like that? That's the easiest way to think of content for either product or service-based business is constantly ask yourself, so fucking what? Why should anybody care that I've done it in this way? I love that's going to be the title of this podcast now. <laughs> so fucking what? <laughs> so fucking what? <laughs> so fucking what? What's the point? But it's true, isn't it? Because if you're actually asking that all the time, because when you go, you're scrolling all the time and you, you're talking, like sometimes I do a lot of stories with Vivid Wire and I do think to myself, what's the point of me chatting? But I know that some people just really like hearing me chat shit and I'm just running through my day to day. And then it's the same as I've just done some stories on the Vivid Club and I'm just saying about the warrior workshop so fucking what well 
I'm telling you how to increase your prices so fucking what that you're going to get more money if you work that you know and, it, mm-hmm. and it's maybe I should we should make some posters Stephanie and just have people like buy a poster for a quid to, to stick up in <laughs> so front of them all what? the time <laughs> so fucking what but it's, it's like a tough love kind of thing and I think going back to we were saying before about being creative but being strategic that is where it's like a like everyone talks about this different energies in our businesses about being strategic is masculine energy creative is female energy and what I really loved about when I was learning about you is how you mix the two and I don't often come across other business owners that I see that have quite a good balance with both like I do because Mm. I'm very creative but I'm very strategic. You know, I used to be a maths teacher. I love a spreadsheet. I love everything to be formulaic and, and focused and flow charts and everything like that. So having you, st- when you, I saw that, I thought that's really, really, do you know what? I've lost my thread. Sorry, everybody. Well, I was talking about strategy, <laughs> strategy and creativity. <laughs> I was just getting excited. Strategy and creativity. And we were talking about so fucking what so when you're talking about so fucking what that's a real masculine tough love kind of statement Mm. but if you're being creative you may not draw yourself back to those statements because you're in the midst of being creative and all wonderful energy yeah do you find that quite a lot of your clients like swerve off and you have to bring them back a hundred percent a hundred percent so i'm a i'm a manager so that's why I can do both um but being able to do both means that no matter what kind of client I get coming to me I can kind of put them back into the box they need to be in so mega creative clients have these beautifully sounding sales pages that go on for like 70 pages talking about this wonderful dream they're painting for their ideal client which is fantastic but no one actually knows what they're selling or what the program breakdown looks like or anything and then on the other side you have women like I find particularly those that are in financial services or OBMs, for example, they're so strategic because they do strategy all day. Their copy is like only the so fucking what bit and none of the emotion. They'll often say like, this is what's included. It's going to help you do this. This is what's included. It's going to help you do that. But they forget to paint the story of who they are. How did they become this magical unicorn that is so strategic? Um, Why is that so important for their clients? What does it enable their clients to do? So yeah, having both sides is super important, but mostly because it helps me bring out both sides and other people. Mm, yeah. And you're talking about your, um, about me um, page, when you were saying about the story, do you find people, I'm just going back to again, how we helped with copy. I found it incredibly difficult when I first started to tell the story of how I got to where I am. And I'm at that point now, I wrote that three years ago. And I've developed another business now and everything's developed that I was thinking, oh, my God, I've got to write it again. Do you find that people um, how do people cope with writing their like about pages? Oh, it's everyone's least favorite thing. And what they tend to just do is tell the story of what they did in their job beforehand and what qualifications they've got and how long they have run the business and all that kind of thing. But it's the it's the stuff about your quirks and the sort of the pitfalls of you as a human that led you to running this business that are the thing that really appealed to people but they're the hardest things to dig out Mm. or often people will view elements of themselves as a negative because they have this limiting belief this thing they've been told about themselves for years and years and years and years and years must be a negative 
because that's the way it's been spoken about. But often in business, those things, those boxes we've been put in, all those limiting beliefs that we have in business, they've actually enabled us to develop a really unique skill. So it's not a negative. It's always about trying to look at things on the flip side. So, okay, I have an English degree that's incredibly niche. And everybody told me when I was at university, the only thing you can do with an English degree is be a teacher. It's way too niche. It's not going to help you. You needed to have done a business degree or something else, like a different humanity or whatever. And I, I got so stuck in that place. But now I've realized being a copywriter, what other qualification would I have done to have got myself <laughs> to the place? I mean, it doesn't make any fucking sense. I would have done anything else. So looking at yourself and finding those things that you've always thought was a negative about you or something that kept you in a box, look at it a different way. The box is what enabled you to have something to stand on to start the business that you're building now. So trying, trying to flip that around for your about page is like a great place to start. That's like you need to be a speaker a box to stand on no I love that have you said that before no I love it I love it another title this could be another title (laughs) actually to be fair you probably should write the title for the podcast because that's what it's all about (laughs) no I love that that's really good because I always think about my I'm quite loud and I always I look at my son now who's three and he's really loud and I try really hard not to tell him to be quiet because I just think I've literally been told to be quiet my whole life. But that, I suppose, boldness, which actually is a much nicer word, is actually why I create everything else is bold and people are attracted to that. And I have so much Mm -hmm. energy to give because I'm just very, I'm just full of energy all the time. And that's actually, I wouldn't have a business if I didn't have that energy (laughs) because everyone's attracted to that energy. Yeah. 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 And there'll be people looking at you being like, God, I wish I had the confidence to be that bold. I wish I had the confidence to stand in my power the way that Claire does. And that's, that's pulling people towards you more. So yeah, like you said, switching the loud from loud to bold. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Take the box and stand on it. Give it a different, give it a different flip. You've done it perfectly there. Take the box and stand on it. God, I love that so much. So do you think that you're living the dream with your business then? In many ways, yes, but I certainly used to think that running a multi-six-figure company would be living the dream. I did that last year. Turns out, spoiler alert, it's not the dream. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't suddenly massively fulfill this huge need inside me. I didn't feel like I'd made it or any of those things that I think, I think I said to someone, I was lying in the bath the day that I realized that we'd done multi-six-figures and I like refreshed the feed on zero, realized it had happened. And then nothing happened. No little man walked in with a fucking trumpet. No fireworks went (laughs) off. Nothing happened. And I was like, oh, right. Okay. So that's, that wasn't the dream. Let's reevaluate. What is the dream? So I know that for me, I'm like a crazy prepper off grid type person. So I know that the dream will be when I'm on my small holding with my solar panels and my biomass boiler and all my animals, my organic veg patch, that will be the dream. So it is a business dream, but it's the businesses affording me to have the personal dream. That's when I'll, I'll feel like I've, I've made it. Oh, that's nice. I'm getting solar panels, actually. It's um, Love I'm very panel. excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited about it. And I was saying now I'm on like a mission. I'm going to have the app open all the time, looking at how much electricity we've generated for the day. Absolutely. Very, very excited. Uh, my Do husband it. would have the same dream as you, by the way. But I, I like having a kebab at the end of the road. <laughs> 
suppose if I had a small holding, I could make my own, but still, um, that kind of that kind of dream where you're self-sufficient, I suppose, you're not then mm. relying on anything else. That does sound wonderful. So do you do a lot of that already? Do you go camping and stuff? Not so much the camping side of things, but the outdoors side of things is a massive part of who I am. It's one of the things I kind of wanted to touch on today about something that I would love to leave people with in terms of creativity is having a really outdoorsy life and trying to get really in touch with things that bring you joy. And I'm not going to tell you what you need to do when you're outdoors. That's completely up to you. Um, for me, absolutely love animals. Absolutely love growing my plants. Absolutely love getting my veg, <laughs> getting my veg all sorted. That's what I really enjoy. But getting out there and like getting your hands dirty and getting really in touch with the essence of actually being a human grounds you when it comes to then having to come back to a business which is so very different and so elevated and kind of intangible in ways um having the balance between the two is hugely important for me and it's something that I want to keep working towards is having more of the outdoors in my life but I really recommend it for other people too to to be able to have that flip we've talked a lot about kind of the binaries and oppositions of being a business owner the strategy and the creativity etc um mirror it in your life have have balance in your life as well between fun and working really hard etc etc for me that's being outside um and I would just love more people to find what that thing is that makes them feel Mm. reconnected with their humanness which is where you can then tap back into your creativity oh I love that I love that so it's about because I think um we all we get bogged down in the hustle so much and I think that if um I did a, a, a live in my, in the Vivi Club the other day about how when we're so busy, we, we or we're sitting, maybe we think, oh, I've got to make money, I've got to make money, I've got to work on the business, it's so busy. And actually, that's the perfect time to just go, I'm going to stop, I'm going to walk away. That work's not going anywhere, but I need to fill my cup up to be able to work on it. And that's where the whole warrior energy stuff comes from as well. So it's like some people may think you know you you create your warrior energy in the same way as by being outdoors and filling your cup up and it's just like I totally agree with that be going on a walk or something there's no nobody's ever gone I wish I didn't go on that walk no one regrets a walk no no one ever regrets exercise either by the way but I've stopped saying exercise now it's about moving you're just to Mm. move instead of exercise because otherwise there's all these expectations on you about you know, if I'm just moving, I'm just moving for fun instead of exercising for some kind of goal. It's yeah, like- absolutely. And like the feeling of warmth, isn't it? The warmth of your body feeling connected with your organs, your breath, however you decide to do that, whether that's exercise, walking, breath work, you know, dancing, whatever, just feeling that reconnecting with the human in you because money's not, it's not really real it's just an exchange of energy it's paper it's a mineral it's not like it's just it's just a thing but you are very tangible and very real so just however you go about reconnecting with you I think you're totally right if it's just if we just call it movement it makes you think about it in a different way Mm. and I think that's another skill where you're going when you're working with so many people and writing for them you have to be really in tune with who you are to then filter out you when you're writing I suppose do you do, is that the sort of the way it works yeah 100 percent. it can be for copywriters it can be really hard to lose yourself and especially in your early stages it's really easy to suffer with comparisonitis because sometimes you write stuff for other people that's so fucking good you wish it was yours 
and then that makes you that makes you feel crap because you're like why isn't my stuff as good as theirs but that's why I advocate for motifs so much because if you've got a really strong motif then something you've written for somebody else isn't for you it's not it doesn't fit with your brand it doesn't fit with who you are so if you've got a really strong motif as a copywriter just for your business it really helps you to filter out other people's voice other people's motifs and all of those things that can make you start feeling like you're not good enough is just to be super secure in who you are and the cheesier the better to be honest because then you can't move away from it you are really like (laughs) married to that thing and you can't mess it up I love that I love that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast the same question if you Mm -hmm. could tell yourself something 10 years ago that you know now but you wished you knew then what would it be so glad you asked this because I just had a massive light bulb moment last week and I'm so willing and excited to share it my coach basically said to me I was talking about ways that sometimes I feel compared to to other people or ways that I sometimes feel judged when people don't understand the way that I live my life and she sort of reiterated back to me she said your version of luxury does not have to be the same as everyone else's and I realize now if I'd known this 10 years ago I would have done things so differently but I've always felt slightly kind of on the fringe or slightly outcasted because the things I've wanted or the things I've lusted after aren't the same as what other people have wanted or lusted after and I would choose a Saturday night in with my dogs cooking with my husband over a party any day of the week I I love to dance but I'm just not a huge party animal I'm a real one-on-one person I love I have like really great best friends that I spend one-on-one time with that's so important to me I'm not a huge let's all get together and do a big socializing thing that's not for me and what she made me realize in that moment was that I've prioritized other people's versions of luxury above what my version of luxury is and that for me that's peace peace is my version of luxury I like peace and quiet I don't like huge financial commitments that I have to pay off every month things like that that's not that for me that's not the vibe my stinky old Land Rover is very much the vibe of luxury that I'm after and that's fine by me so yeah just if I'd known 10 years ago that it's okay to stand in and own the box that I wanted to be in I would have been much happier much sooner it's taken me until much later in life to realize that oh my god I love that I've never even thought of that either because I've done near enough exactly the same thing. My happiness is I remember feeling like I live in a place um, in Kent in in an area called Medway. And I used to have so much judgment of what you come from Medway because there's, you know, people think that it's run down. It's really not. And I used to feel so judged because I loved living here. And now me and my husband, we... um, own our like got our new house well I say no we got it we moved in nearly five years ago still feels new but we I love living in my house and I said to my husband the other day like my favorite weekends we do we have got a pub in the garden so we do social things but I actually love just staying in like I love being in my Mm. house and I always feel like oh I should be doing more I should be you know if, if someone said to me what do you want to do today I would sit I would be like I'm going to write most of the morning. Then I'm going to make some wire art. Then I want to do some coaching, um, play with my son. And that, uh, that's a really good. And then order an Indian takeaway or something. That would be my favourite. Because I think as yeah. well, you think, like I always feel judged. Like I know I joked about, you know, I have a kebabie at the end of the road. 
I absolutely love that at the b- bottom of my road, there's these lovely little restaurants. There's like Kent's Best Kebabby, and it's I'm, I'm just calling it kebab. It's not no dirty dog meat kebabby. Do you know what I mean? Like, nobody <laughs> yeah. eat that, for God's sake. But <laughs> no dog lovers, no dogs were hurting me saying that situation. But it's sort of like that kind of homely feel, like when your heart is in the right place. But people judge you because they feel that that what they want is maybe greedy and that's the thing isn't it so if you're if your luxury is composed of the emotions you feel and how peaceful you feel and how full your heart is by where you are if that's in your house and under a blanket with a cup of tea then that's perfectly fine and if you're in a some posh Mayfair restaurant drinking Prosecco and you know with your high heels on that's fine too but everyone there's mm-hmm. always this comparison isn't there about so oh you know you I must have I'm gonna have more than you because that's what I want when that's not true not at all and I think women to be honest we're probably the worst for this and like god forbid when children come into the conversation suddenly your version of luxury has to change all over again and and people get judged for that so if you're a working woman with children then that may be your version of luxury is that you love being a mum but you also really really like to have adult conversations be in your own space Mm -hmm. but you could be judged for that women that choose that actually luxury for them is being at home with their children and being the main caregiver you're judged for that too and I think if we looked at it in a different way of if she is happy and she can genuinely say to you this is what I want for my life don't attach any of your emotions onto onto what you think of of her and what she's doing if that is her version of luxury go for it I've got quite a few friends that don't want to have children and hearing from them the things that people say to them about like oh, you'll change your mind or you're really missing out on one of life's greatest gifts. But maybe for them, it's not life's greatest gift. Mm. Maybe that's not their luxury. And that's cool. Leave people alone to live their own luxury. Close the door, look inside yourself and work out what the luxury is that you want and then mercilessly go after it without any feeling for how anybody else thinks about that or wants you to change things. Just go after it for yourself because you will regret it massively if you've lived somebody else's version of luxury. Yeah. And I think look, I talk about like all these ideas and dreams we have, and you'll like this because it's, it's using plants as a metaphor. So you, they, you know, your dreams and your ideas are seeds and it's only your job to work out how to grow them and to protect them. And I think limiting beliefs and people from judgment are just like, imagine a tiny little seedling growing up and then you expose it to people's views and opinions and that might be just like you know we killer going on it or you know um cat piss or whatever whatever crap you could get onto a tiny little new plant and you and all of those in beliefs you're not protecting what has actually come out of your brain and what your heart wants I know that sounds really pretty but it's true and it's just your job to protect them work out how to make them grow and do the work and I think we get lost in so like I encourage people not to share their ideas sometimes for a while, especially if they make Mm -hmm. them really scared because so many people want to put their, like me doing the Vivi club membership. I think when I spoke to you, I hadn't even launched it and it's literally a month in we're opening memberships this month again, like the end of the week. And I was so scared of people thinking, what the hell does she know? But I just, you know, like you have an idea and it makes you like, 
vibrate because it's just so exciting and I thought I've just got to do the work I've just got to protect this idea and do the work and I spoke to somebody the other week and they um exactly the same they had this idea they let all these other people they expose it to too early all these other people and they didn't do the idea and then they regret it now and it's like how many Mm. people have these ideas these dreams these wants these ideas of luxury that they don't let live or grow because of what other people that aren't them have to say about them and it's just mind-boggling really when you think of it like that 100% we could come up with something around that couldn't we like how many idea seedlings died in the greenhouse of other people's opinions like there's so many things that wouldn't have got off the ground a tractor just went past as I literally said that I feel like that was just (laughs) completely the metaphor for me but yeah how many ideas didn't get off off, didn't get off the ground because it got stamped on really early by what someone else thought or business is hard or you're not cut out for this xyz or you're not going to be able to do that around your kids you're not going to be able to do this and that all of those things like you say if people just shut them out really really early and reveal the finished product when they feel good and ready then you've got the confidence behind it to keep it going yeah exactly and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks then but yeah oh it's been so lush talking to you stephanie like so on your website this is I've got I'm going to put all the links in the show notes but you have 38 caption prompts for free which Mm -hmm. they're bloody good but when it's connecting I'm see if I get this right so it's the, the framework for the caption but it connects the calls to action to content pillars so it's really showing off your brand's voice is that right yeah absolutely absolutely so it's 38 caption prompts and cta so it basically helps you by giving you caption prompts under each of the main content pillars that are applicable to anybody they're applicable to product-based businesses they're applicable to service-based coaches anyone but then it also ties in with two different types of ctas which is call to action if you haven't heard of that before both sales and engagement ctas so sales cta being when you're trying to get someone to buy from you and an engagement CTA being when you're trying to get someone to connect with you. So it's that connection versus conversion that we've talked about before. But the download explains it all for you. It's totally free. I can't do the math to work out how many combinations there are if you match each of the caption prompts with each of the <laughs> CTAs. But there's hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of combinations. But it will really help you with creating content. Brilliant. And what else have you got? You've got something else on your website that people can get involved with as well, haven't you? Absolutely. So if you want to really invest in learning more about your brand tone of voice and being able to write your own copy, maybe if you're not at the point of hiring a copywriter, my signature trademarked course is on our website. So bythewaycreative.com. You'll see it linked on there. It's wake up and smell the copy. Uh, It's four core modules plus every single guest masterclass, every single bonus masterclass I've ever done is also in there. But it coaches you through everything from building your brand tone of voice to writing your about page, producing your first pieces of sales copy and also writing Instagram captions for your business. So it covers all the basics that you need to really get your brand off the ground in terms of connection and conversion, but doing it all by yourself. Amazing. Amazing. So where can people find you? What's your Instagram? So Instagram is at by the way creative. So if you come in and message us on there, the whole team's on there. So we'll be able to come and say hi. Um, and then on my website, which is by the way creative.com, those are the main places we hang out. Amazing. Thank you so much, Stephanie. You've been an Thank absolute you so joy. Much for having me. It's been amazing. Thank you very, very much. And come and say hi to me if you've listened to this podcast because I'd love to connect with you guys.
Yes, please. We need more people reviewing and messaging people, everybody who's listening all the time, because there's quite a few. I can see how many people listen, Stephanie, and how many reviews (laughs) I've got. That's it said through love, but still. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, come and tell me what you think. Mention me in your review. I'd love it. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Thanks very much. Bye. Thanks, Claire. Thank you so much for listening to the No Rest for the Vivid podcast, written, produced, and hosted by Claire Hill. And music has been composed by my brother, Phil Vivid.